Hey you guys, welcome to the Maine and Magic podcast, your stop for all things Disney. I'm your host Dawn Brown and this is episode 37. Whether you're adventuring in the parks or at home via Disney Entertainment, I'm here to bring you the guests and info that'll pixie dust your experience and we're picking up lots of new friends along the way. You can catch the links to our audio recordings on our website at maineandmagic.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Just search for the Main and Magic Podcast. After the show, we invite you to join our community on Facebook to share your thoughts about each topic and to connect with other Disney fans. In this episode, I share news and insert commentary about what's coming to Walt Disney World and Disneyland, the Walt Disney Company's latest investors call, and highlights from an international park. So join us on the red car trolley as we take a ride to the crossroads of Maine and magic. Welcome aboard, everybody. Come on in. Grab a seat. I am driving solo today. Uh, Katie is off on a grand 12-day Walt Disney World trip with her family uh, and coincidentally, we'll be celebrating a milestone birthday. So happy birthday to her. Uh, you guys are welcome to drop into the group and, and send birthday wishes her way. I know she'll love that. Um, and I am actually catching up on some reading in preparation for some of our future guests. So today... You guys get a good old-fashioned news rant. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually kind of testing this format for possibly doing on Patreon. Uh, I'm going to be starting a Patreon pretty soon. I'm working on getting the levels squared out right now. Um, I've been thinking about it for a while, but I wanted to make sure that I was very comfortable with editing and just kind of, you know, had like a schedule going before I added something new into the mix. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Once I get everything kind of squared away there, I'll let you guys know, but I'm thinking I would like to do something like this, possibly bring on some Patreon supporters for something like a news rant like this. So again, stay tuned for that. Um, I want to start out today before we jump into the news just to say thank you to those of you guys who left ratings for us on Apple Podcasts. There's just a few on there right now, but it's helpful. Uh, There's no, there's no comments on them, which is totally fine, but it's, I'm learning things about podcast ratings. They're not so much to help the podcast like rise above the rest necessarily, but they are super helpful to the hosts because it lets us know how we're doing. Um, So those are helpful. And I know that you have to do some work to get those, at least if you're like me, like I listen to all my podcasts on Google Podcasts. So (laughs) I have to actually do a little bit of work to go over and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Because I'm on an Android, so I have to sign into my computer and, you know, do it that way. So you know, if if it's more difficult for you, I understand. Everybody listens on different apps and not all of them allow ratings. So, but if you can leave us one, it's super helpful. Um, I also want to say thank you to this person who I don't know their name, but they're the beginning of their, I guess, ID is NTI66B. Uh, they left us a very nice comment on the Podbean app. So if you're listening to us on the Podbean app, you can actually leave a comment for us. And that is super helpful. So this person wrote, I'm so glad I found this podcast. It's so informative and I love the relaxed format. Just a couple of friends having conversations and sharing their knowledge and love for all things Disney. I especially enjoy the very original topics. So 
whoever out there left that comment, thank you so much. We totally appreciate that. And that is super helpful. So we're doing good with the topics and they like the format. So that's super helpful. Um, Okay, so let's jump into some news ranting. Um, I'm going to start actually just kind of talk for a second about our last episode, which was all about Moana. We got a little bit of feedback on that in the group. Rick actually left a comment and said that he really enjoyed the episode, uh, but he doesn't buy into all of our conspiracy theories. (laughs) And I just want to say that that's all on Katie. She's the one that started us down the road of conspiracy theories. And I blame her. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's funny after I kind of knew this was going to happen. After we recorded that episode, I kept thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I feel like I could record a whole nother episode about all the epiphanies I've had since we recorded that episode. So like, I don't necessarily know if I believe any of the fan theories, but I am starting to see that, like, I'm I'm starting to feel that, like, the ocean is really a manifestation of Moana's inner voice telling her to go out there. So it's like, we, we all have that voice in our head that's kind of like, well, why not me? And it's just up to us if we listen to it or not. So... I think this is just a movie about her going through that. And, you know, even when she has that vision of Grandma Tala towards the end of the movie and she just kind of like holds back for a second, her grandma even asks her, why do you hesitate? So, yeah, I just keep thinking about this movie now. (laughs) Um, I also had another experience just because of something I read about this movie. I don't know if anybody out there watches the Paramount show 1883. Uh, It's like if you're watching Yellowstone, if you're a fan of Yellowstone, it's the prequel of the Dutton family. It's a really great show. I love it. Uh, Everybody else might hate it, but I love it. (laughs) Um, But there was just an episode this it was like a week ago where spoiler alert if you haven't seen that episode yet (laughs) uh there's there's a part of the of the episode where we see lakota indians riding on you know riding their horses and they're supposedly coming from hunting and they have face paint on and one of them is wearing like the feathered headdress and i was thinking back to one of the things i read and we talked about in the episode about how initially the disney filmmakers wanted to show the moana's ancestors on on the boat when she had that vision of them wave wayfaring when she was out at sea in in their full like you know costumes you know the things that they would normally wear for like ceremonial purposes and stuff and the people of the south pacific were like no that's not okay you can't do that that's not what they would be wearing for wayfaring and i thought to myself is this what the lakota would be wearing when they were hunting would they be would they have face paint on and would they be wearing feathered headdress? Like now I'm thinking about that in, in a good way. Like I'm, it, it just made me think about like how things are represented out in other film genres that I'm watching. So, you know, I mean, I think that's a good thing. So anyway, um, so Rick, I, I'm kind of sitting there on that boat with you about the conspiracy theories. I'm I'm not sure, but I did love talking about the movie and I feel like, you know, maybe years from now we'll revisit it because I feel like I'm just like learning new things all the time about it. Um, okay. Some news here. Face coverings. 
face coverings are going to be optional for fully vaccinated guests in both outdoor and indoor locations at Walt Disney World. Uh, It says, we expect guests who are not fully vaccinated to continue wearing face coverings in all indoor locations, including indoor attractions and theaters. Face coverings are still required by all guests ages two and up on enclosed Disney transportation, including Disney buses, monorails, and Disney Skyliner. So basically... If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask except for on the transportation. If you are unvaccinated, they're asking you to still wear your face masks indoors. Uh, And that is as of February 17th. So that's a week ago. We're recording this on February 25th. Um, There were some rumors, some speculation, we'll say, that that happened because of the opening of the Star Cruiser and Disney not necessarily wanting people photo being photographed with face coverings on on this new thing that they're opening that's super expensive and we've been waiting forever for it. I don't know if I believe that because Universal was already going this way anyway, and they tend to follow each other, but it's a speculation that was out there, and to each their own, you can believe what you want to believe. Um, The next thing is Epcot International Festival of the Arts ended on February 21st to make way for Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival, which is going to be officially running from March 2nd to July 4th. So a very long time. (laughs) Uh, There is about 20 outdoor kitchens. There's going to be new delights and returning fan favorites. Uh, You can pick up a festival passport to participate in Garden Grays, a returning food stroll featuring five delicious dishes from various outdoor kitchens. Get a stamp in your passport after you've purchased the items. And once you've compiled all five, simply make your way to Pineapple Promenade to receive your festival exclusive treat. I have no idea what that is. I'm sure as the you know, media gets in there and starts reporting on the event, we'll find out what that treat is. I took a quick look at the foodie guide that they had for this festival, and I'm kind of regretting it now because all I want to do is go to Epcot and eat all this food. (laughs) So I'm just going to share a few of the things that stood out to me that I would definitely run to first if I was going to be there. Um, So we've got Epcot Sunshine Griddle, which is near Test Track, has fried cinnamon roll bites with cream cream cheese frosting and candied bacon. I don't, I'm not a huge bacon fan, but that just sounds so delicious. (laughs) Um, Let's see, the Honey Bee Stro hosted by National Honey Board, has honey peach freeze with blueberry vodka. That sounds so good. I have no idea how to say this. Bure Market? Farmer's Market in Germany has toasted pretzel bread topped with black forest ham and melted Gruyere cheese. That sounds so delicious. Germany coming in hot with the pretzels always. (laughs) Uh, La Isla Fresca between Morocco and France has coconut key lime ale. So I'm not a big ale person, but that sounds so interesting. I'm curious about that one. Uh, Cider House in the United Kingdom has BLT scone with, is it Nooski's Applewood Smoked Bacon sun-dried tomato, and basil. And this is new. But that, yeah, that sounds so good and kind of interesting, like BLT scone. Hmm. They also have watermelon hard cider. 
they actually have a handful of different ciders and they have a cider flight. So if you wanted to try all of them, you could get the flight, which is probably what I would do. I would, I would be curious to try all of the flavors that I saw. Uh, Jardin de Fiestas in Mexico has Taco Vampiro, a barbacoa beef in a corn tortilla with crispy grilled Monterey Jack cheese, salsa ranchera, and esquites. And this is new. And again, Mexico never lets me down. And the last one that popped out, popped out at me is Lotus House in China has spicy mala chicken skewer, and that's also new. So I'm going to link the foodie guide in the show notes. I hope you guys will go take a look. They've got photos of all the food that they talk about and descriptions and where to find them. So it's something good to bookmark or save on your vacation Pinterest board or however you save your info. Uh, Because that just, I could just eat all that food. (laughs) Um, Okay, now we are going to get into the Disney 2022 quarter one earnings call. Obviously, Bob Chapek was on this call along with Christine McCarthy, who is the Senior Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, I'm going to go through some of what Bob Chapek said. Uh, I pulled this stuff from the transcript for the investors call, so I will link this in the show notes. So if you want to go read... Uh, I believe there's also an audio version if you want to listen to Bob J. Peck. <laughs> uh, but all I'm going to say is, hold on to your money, guys. Here we go. <laughs> so this is Bob J. Peck. He says, our domestic parks and resorts achieved all-time revenue and operating income records despite the Omicron surge. So let that sink in. Uh, they added 11.8 million Disney Plus subscribers. It's pretty good. Uh, he has this long spiel, which I'm going to read part of it for you. He says, We have a portfolio of distribution platforms, including powerful and growing streaming services. We have diverse revenue streams that span business models and industries but which all are interconnected to create entertainment's most powerful synergy machine. We have the country's top news organization and the most trusted brand for following sports, and our theme parks continue to be the most magical places on earth. In short, our collection of assets and platforms, creative capabilities, and unique place in the cultural zeitgeist give me great confidence that we will continue to define entertainment for the next 100 years. To carry through on that promise, we will be guided by three strategic pillars, storytelling excellence, innovation, and audience focus. That is a lot of corporate speak. Uh, They went on to talk about uh, they just got 23 Oscar nominations, including three of the five best animated feature films, which were Pixar's Luca, Walt Disney Animation's Raya and the Last Dragon, and he says, and our newest franchise, Walt Disney Animation's Encanto, which received three nominations. I thought that was an interesting word choice because the other ones he's saying feature films, but he specifically says and our newest franchise so i'm i'm wondering if we're gonna see more encanto movies in the future or shorts or something a la frozen maybe they find a way to tell a new story i don't know i just thought that that word slipped in there was interesting he did also mention sports betting while he was discussing espn which I don't love. Like, they got rid of Pleasure Island because they said it wasn't 
Disney family friendly, but they're going to do sports betting. I don't know. They also have, you know, Daredevil and <laughs> Jessica Jones now. So I, I always have felt for the last decade, at least that ESPN is a little bit of a train wreck, but I might be in the minority. Um, Okay, let's see. He goes on to say, over the last several years, we've transformed the guest experience by investing in new storytelling and groundbreaking technology, and the records at our domestic parks are the direct result of this investment. From new franchise-based lands and attractions, to craveable food and beverage offerings, to must-have character merchandise, there is more great Disney storytelling infused into every aspect of a visit to our parks than ever before. At the same time, we're giving guests new tools to personalize their visits and spend less time in line and more time having fun. While we anticipated these products would be popular, we have been blown away by the reception. You guys know where this is going. <laughs> In the quarter, more than a third of domestic park guests purchased either Genie Plus, Lightning Lane, or both. That number rose to more than 50% during the holiday period. While demand was strong throughout the quarter at both domestic sites, our reservation system enabled us to strategically manage attendance. In fact, their stellar performance was achieved at lower attendance levels than in 2019. So what he is saying is that, and Christine McCarthy kind of expands on this, which I'll read you in a second. What he is saying that is that they made more money in this quarter than they made in, in previous quarters, like pre-pandemic. So with less attendance, they still made more money, <laughs> which is, I, I'm wrapping my head around it because I, I, I feel like I need to sit down and calculate some numbers about what the average cost of a trip was in, you know, any time of 2019 versus what it is now and what is the increase because I know that ticket prices have gone up multiple times since 2019 and in fact just went up again very recently uh and of course obviously we are paying for what used to be free which is fast pass um and the other thing I am curious on in here when where he says that more than a third of domestic park guests purchased either genie plus lightning lane or both just because a park guest purchased genie plus i'm curious how many of those park guests purchased genie plus for the entirety of their trip versus just one day of their trip you know i i would be curious to see the breakdown of all of those numbers um, anyway, okay, so Christine McCarthy, the Senior Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, she was kind of in charge of, like, expanding more on the numbers. So she said per capita spending at our domestic parks was up more than 40% versus fiscal year first quarter of 2019, driven by a more favorable guest and ticket mix higher food, beverage, and merchandise spending, and contributions from Genie Plus and Lightning Lane. So I, that's crazy. Like, per capita spending was up more than 40%. I, so if you were spending, you know, $3,000 on your vacation, all of a sudden your spending was 40% of 3000 like $4,200. <laughs> it's, whew, like I said, hold on to your money. Uh, she said, putting these factors together, our domestic parks and resorts delivered quarter one revenue and operating income exceeding pre-pandemic levels, even as we continued managing attendance to responsibly address ongoing COVID considerations. So again, 
they made more in the first quarter of 2022 than they made in the first quarter of 2019 with less attendance. So hopefully it levels off here soon, guys. (laughs) Hopefully. Uh, So I'm going to put the link to this transcript in the show notes. So if you guys want to go back through and read, you can do that. Um, And since we just talked about Disney Genie Plus, I do want to take a minute to shout out this awesome article I found on Turing Plans about Genie Plus. And it's the title of the article is actually How Much Wait Time Will I Save with Genie Plus? And this article actually has it, it has a pretty in-depth write up about the math and how they figured some of this stuff out. But if you guys have heard us talk about touring plans in the past, they're very data driven. They really like they literally send people out to the parks to watch attraction lines. So they will they will pick a person and watch them go into the ride attraction and then time how long it takes them to exit. And they can figure out how long the wait times are. And yeah, so they've been doing a lot of testing with Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes. And they made this awesome graph about which attractions save you the most time, like where you can save the most time when you when when purchasing these tools, as Disney calls them. And I was kind of surprised by the top three things. So the top three, which all saved between 50 minutes and an hour, were Slinky Dog Dash, Peter Pan's Flight, and Jungle Cruise. So that was really surprising because I would have thought Millennium Falcon would have been higher. I would have thought Rock and Roller Coaster would have been higher, but those are only in the 30 to 40 minute range. So I'm going to link this in the show notes so you guys can take a look, but there's definitely a strategy to using these tools to get the most out of them. Like it's pretty crazy. I I can't go through all of it here because the article is a little bit long, but they even like consider things like crowd levels. Like if the crowd level is low, you'll save 50 minutes on Slinky Dog Dash versus if the crowd level is high, you can save 72 minutes in line. Um, It's pretty awesome. So you can kind of figure out like when what the crowd level is going to be when you're going and then figure out which attractions you need to target to try to get first so that you can get the most out of using uh, genie plus or you know booking your lightning lane you can figure out like you're gonna want to book a lightning lane for you know the one the one that's the most popular and the thing that you think is the most popular isn't necessarily the thing that is the most popular so um i will link this in the show notes so you guys can check it out uh i think it's a really good thing to read before you go if you are getting disney genie plus even if you're only doing it for part of your trip versus your whole trip just so that you are aware of kind of how the breakdown is going with the data that they have so far. So uh, the next thing is, uh, you guys have heard Katie and I mention on previous episodes, the capture your moment photo experience at Walt Disney World, which is the 20 minute private photo session you can get with the Disney photo pass photographer. Um, It previously was only at Magic Kingdom and Disney's Animal Kingdom. But Starting on February 24th, it's also going to be available at Epcot. And the locations where they are going to offer you the sessions are Germany, Italy, the American Adventure, Japan, or Morocco pavilions. So that's cool because I just think that that is awesome. Like, I would love to do one of these for sure. Um, And I know... 
they say that if you want longer, like if you feel like 20 minutes isn't long enough for you, you can try to book two in a row so you can get 40 minutes. Um, so that's cool. Like you're, you're allowed to get two in a row if you want to. Um, and they're also going to be coming to Disney's Hollywood studios beginning March 21st. So that's just in about a month. Um, and where you'll be able to do it there is at Hollywood Tower Hotel's Erie Grounds, the Echo Lake area, which is where Gertie is, the Chinese Theater, or on Hollywood Boulevard or Sunset Boulevard. Man, I would absolutely love to do one at the studios on really Hollywood and Sunset. I would just book two and do <laughs> do both. Oh my gosh, I would dress up. I would dress up like the citizens of Hollywood for that. That would be so much fun. Uh, the session is $79 and can include up to eight guests. Prints and digital downloads are not included, but if you have Memory Maker or Memory Maker One Day, or a qualifying annual pass holder with a Disney Photo Pass download benefit, you can download the photos at no extra cost. So I always recommend some, like everybody get the memory maker for your trip because it's, it's a little bit pricey, but in terms of photography over the course of a week and how many photos you can get, Plus the benefit of everyone can be in the photo without it being a selfie. It's totally worth it. I highly recommend it. So if you're getting that, then you just get these photos anyway. So you just pay your $79 for this, you know, for the special session and then you'll get all the photos. But if you don't want to do Memory Maker, um, then you can just pick the photos that you like the best from the... Uh, from the app, from the digital photos that they get of you and, and just buy those. Um, and again, I'll link this information in the show notes for you to check out. And there's links to go schedule your session as well. The next thing, which I think is awesome, although it's still lacking, but it's better than it was, is the in-app cast compliment system is improved. So before I think it was like later last year, they had started offering a cast compliment section in the My Disney Experience app, but it was like pretty generic and basic. It was like somebody in this location was nice to me today. <laughs> it didn't really give you an option to like specify a specific person or what they did for you, which is it was kind of ho-hum and people weren't loving it. So there was a lot of people still going to guest relations and things like that to leave their compliments. So they've upgraded the system. So it's still a little bit generic. You can find it in your My Disney Experience app. If you use the little magnifying glass at the bottom, you just type in cast compliment, select that. Um, one of the first things that's going to pop up is like a drop down menu with basically a variety of different, you know, quote unquote compliments. They're generic, but there is a, a, a good sized list. So you click whatever compliment is associated with the one that you want to use. Like someone was, you know, super cheerful or was a great, great to your kids or helped you find something or was keeping the area clean or, you know, there's all different kinds. You So you choose the one that you want. Um, and then there, you choose the location, there's drop downs for those. So if you were in Tomorrowland, you can, you know, choose Magic Kingdom, then Tomorrowland. Um, if it was a store or custodial person or, uh, an attraction attendant, then you choose that. Then you will choose, um, you'll write out the cast member's name. So you want to get their name off their name tag. And it's always a good idea to ask. I actually laughed when I went in the app to look at it because it's it you're you're gonna wanna put in their name and their hometown. And I laughed because it's pre-populated with Chris from Orlando. 
And there is a very prominent joke among cast members about if you forget your name tag, (laughs) then you get the generic name tag, which is Chris from Orlando. (laughs) And it makes my heart happy that, you know, 20 years after I worked at Disney, that that's still happening. (laughs) (laughs) That that's still the go-to, Chris from Orlando. Um, So anyway, you can ask the cast member just to make sure that their name really is what is on their name tag and get their hometown. You don't have to put either one of those things, but if you want to make sure that it goes right to that person, it's a better chance that it goes right to that person. And then you choose the date of the interaction and then you hit submit and off it goes And they should get a basically printed sort of cast thank you special recognition thing from their area leaders for that. And it goes in their record. So I'm always a big proponent of this because I know that those things matter and they help you get raises and they help you move up in job standing and all of that stuff. And it's easy to measure. It's easy to measure certain jobs in terms of like how much value in terms of financial value someone brings in. Like when I was selling turkey legs and I cashed my drawer out every night, if I had you know, there was times I had twice as much money as the next person because I was so fast and efficient. You know, you can measure that, but you can't necessarily measure the custodial cast member making water drawings of Goofy on the cement that is making your kids laugh. Like, there's no monetary value associated with that. It's more difficult for them to show their value within the company so that they can, you know, move up and be rewarded for their dedication and so on. So again, if somebody, if you uh, encounter somebody that you feel did more than you expected them to, this is just such an easy way to do it. You can do it right in the app. You can do it when you're standing in queue for you know, Peter Pan's flight because you didn't get Disney Genie Plus and now you're waiting an hour in line. (laughs) You know, so I just, I will never not tell people to do this. So, okay, that's all the Walt Disney World news that I have for right now, but we are going to move over to Disneyland because Disneyland has a lot going on too. So we're going to start with the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. And this is going on from March 4th through April 26th. So coming up pretty soon here. This is like one of the things that I have had on my wish list for a while. This and I really, really, really want to do Halloween at Disneyland like so bad. But this every year I see it and I'm like, oh man, I need to get out there for this. Um So, of course, this is taking place at Disney California Adventure Park. Uh, They're going to have a dozen festival marketplaces that will serve small bites and beverages and dining locations across Disney California Adventure Park will also feature special festival menu items. At the Hollywood Backlot stage, you'll find Alice's Wonderland Bakery Unbirthday Party, where kids aged 3 through 11 will have the opportunity to express their creativity through hands-on cupcake decorating. Space is limited and participant signups begin 45 minutes before each showtime. You can catch a culinary demonstration at the Hollywood Backlot stage on Saturdays and Sundays. There's going to be a diverse lineup of Disney and visiting chefs that will prepare their favorite dishes and share insider tips for making mouthwatering meals at home. And the most awesome thing, besides all the delicious food that I saw that I want to eat, <laughs> is Soarin' Over California will return to the park for a limited time during the festival. So if you have not 
experienced the original Soarin' attraction, which is Soarin' Over California, this is your chance. (laughs) And it is awesome. I especially love towards the end of the ride. There's a really cool scene where you fly over an aircraft carrier. I'm pretty sure it said 74. So that would be CVN 74, which is the John C. Stennis. Um, So that's cool. And then there's like a part where they fly over Los Angeles. And then, of course, at the end over Disneyland. I don't know. I just I always loved that version of the attraction. So I think that's really awesome. They also have a pretty awesome foodie guide for the festival. So I will link that in the show notes too. So you guys can look at all the delicious food. Okay. Next thing we have is the transformation of Mickey's Toontown. So Disneyland still has Mickey's Toontown and they're sort of reimagining it. There was some devastation a few months ago when they took a wrecking ball to the gag factory and people were very upset. (laughs) Um, But they are reimagining the area. So it's going to be closed beginning March 9th of this year and will reopen in early 2023. So about a year Um, And it's going to open with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. It will still be home to favorite attractions such as Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin, Mickey's house, and Minnie's house. Plus, other attractions will be reimagined in new and exciting ways, including Gadget's Go Coaster, Goofy's house, and Donald's boat. There's not a ton of information about how they're reimagining, but... they're really targeting it, you know, keeping it targeted to smaller kids. And there's going to be some more, I guess, like open spaces and stuff for kind of like unstructured play. Um, But yep, they're getting their own Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So that will be coming soon. This is another exciting thing. I'm I'm so excited for our Disneyland friends. (laughs) Return dates for nighttime spectaculars. So on April 22nd, we have the Main Street Electrical Parade and Disneyland Forever Fireworks Spectacular returning to Disneyland Park. And World of Color will return to Disney California Adventure Park. Okay, you guys. My love for World of Color is (laughs) never-ending. The last time we were at Disneyland, we we had three days in the park and we were in California Adventure and the area where you watch World of Color isn't so big, you know, so you kind of, we were walking by, we we're kind of stuck in the back, but we, you know, kind of got, you get the gist of it. And I was just like, just tearing up. Ugh, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go back and see it like for real. So <laughs> like the next night we went, I mean, it was still daylight out and we posted up like right up against the water and we were there for like I maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours. You know, husband was popping out to go get food things because we were just standing there for so long, but I got some... S- like amazing photos and I just absolutely love that show and I videotaped it and I watch it way too much so it's one of my I mean it's like up there with wishes and um illuminations reflections of earth for me like just it's Disneyland just gets it I don't know (laughs) um okay Disneyland forever Fireworks will run on weekends only, Friday through Sunday, and then Mickey's Mix Magic will present its high-energy projections-only show during the week, which they're saying is Monday through Thursday, until late spring, and then after that, Disneyland Forever is going to be nightly through the summer. Fantasmic is preparing for its return on May 28th, again, 
they're phantasmic is just amazing. <laughs> it It's so crazy because it's just in an area of the park where you're just experiencing it all day. And then all of a sudden at night, there's just this incredible show. It's a, it's just a very different feeling from the phantasmic at Disney Hollywood studios. So it's one of those things where I don't know if I love it so much because I only get to see it every so often because I don't get out to Disneyland nearly as much as I get out to Walt Disney world. So it just feels fresher, but I don't think so, because I've heard other people say the same thing. So anyway, if you are getting out to Disneyland later this year, you're going to have a lot of stuff to look forward to. Uh, Also, some cool stuff about the Main Street Electrical Parade, which is returning and celebrating its 50th anniversary. So in honor of the parade's 50th anniversary, this nighttime spectacular will return with an all-new, enchanted, grand finale that celebrates the theme of togetherness. This universal theme is reflected in the creative concept of the grand finale sequence, inspired by both the original design of classic Main Street electrical parade floats and Disney legend Mary Blair's iconic art style on It's a Small World, The new grand finale brings to life more than a dozen Disney animation and Pixar stories. As the new grand finale passes by, guests along each side of the parade route will see a different set of stylized scenes from classic and contemporary stories. So there was this really cool panoramic concept art piece on the Disney Parks blog, which I'll link in the show notes, because I think you should all go over and check it out. Um, It's so gorgeous. Oh my gosh, I would love the concept art as a poster in my house. (laughs) Uh, But it did show Coco, Moana, Pocahontas, Frozen, Raya and the Last Dragon, Jungle Book, Aladdin, and Encanto with an It's a Small World stylized scene as the last float. It it looks amazing. I can't wait to see it in person. I I hope that it is around for a long time. <laughs> um, so again, I'll link that in the show notes so you can go check out that concept art. Okay, closing out real quick. Just gonna mention Disneyland Paris is just celebrating a little milestone this year. It's the 30th anniversary. So they're starting that celebration on March 6th. I don't know when it's ending. I don't know if they know when it's ending, but I would just assume it's going to be an 18 month celebration or 14 months, somewhere in there. They're usually 14 to 18 months. So, you know, they've just refurbished the castle. It took them a year. They had artisans come in that like typically only work on historic buildings which is kind of a big deal because they're basically like legitimizing that this structure is an important piece of culture (laughs) um so but it looks gorgeous i mean it looked gorgeous five years ago so i i can't imagine how they approved a pun perfection, but they did. Um, And the other thing real quick that I wanted to mention was they are getting their own Avengers campus out there at the Walt Disney Studios Park, which is supposed to open this summer. And so they just showed photos and video of the Quinjet landing at Avengers campus, which of course we all saw over at Disneyland in Anaheim. So they're you know, they're getting excited over there for that. So that's going to be cool. And they're going to have some different attractions in their Avengers campus. So, you know, if you want to go out, if you're, if you're into that kind of thing, (laughs) you can go out there and experience different attractions. So they are going to have a PIM test kitchen and they're also going to have the web slingers attraction. I don't know if it's an exact copy I would imagine that it is, 
Uh, but they're going to have an Iron Man like roller coaster type attraction. So that'll be cool. It's actually taking over the building that used to be their version of rock and roller coaster. So, um, so that's what's up at Disneyland Paris. Uh, that's all the news that I have for now. I know that was kind of a lot, but there's a lot going on and don't really do news things very often. So I wanted to kind of get it all out there. Uh, in a couple of weeks, Katie will be back and I'm going to have some authors coming down the pipeline. So we're going to be talking about some interesting Disney topics out in the world and I can't wait to share those with you. So with that, we are pulling up to our stop and I am going to wish you guys a happy March 1st, a happy birthday to Katie, and I will see you guys real soon. That's a wrap on this episode. Thanks so much for riding the red line with us. Now that you've had a listen, we invite you to join our Main and Magic Friends community on Facebook to share your thoughts about the episode. You're welcome to pop in to share an idea, story, or photo and connect with other Disney fans. You can also ask questions, get and give advice, post updates from the parks, and just have fun. Head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Main and Magic to join. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Main and Magic. If you've got a comment or a question, you can also email me at mainandmagic at gmail.com or use the contact form on our website. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it out on social media and pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, in the Disney tradition around here, we don't like to say goodbye. So we say, see you real soon. Mm-hmm.